Well, good day to you, uh, Dr. Kirk Triplett here. Always sounds weird saying that. You can just call me Kirk. I'm good with that, right? Anyway, uh, Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute, please feel free at any time to reach out to me. Uh, Dr. Triplett PMH. So, Dr. Triplett PMH at gmail.com. Uh, we are just going to continue to look at some articles that I've been procuring and just kind of talking a little bit about pastors and their mental health. The article that I am reading from you today is, was published in 2016, and some of the statistics that they used were a little bit antiquated in my opinion, but it still really kind of lets you know where we're at as, as a pastoral community. And uh, what we do need to also understand is that after COVID, things got worse. In fact, COVID exacerbated the, the, the feelings of pastor and actually brought up more uh, challenges uh, with, with their mental health than we have ever had before. And so um, I'll mention that a little bit. I'll probably take some time maybe next week and do the, the Barna study on it that is was, that was kind of mid-COVID. Um, most of my work was done in the middle of COVID, and so um, I have some more better, uh, some statistics on that. Again, it's one of those things where where uh, we're just gaining an awareness um, of mental health for pastors, and I think uh, we need to continue to do that. Uh, one of those things that I think it's easy for us to ignore and just expect the pastor to be fine. After all, they're the pastor. They're the most godly people in the congregation, right? I mean, that's what a lot of congregants think. A lot of church members believe that the pastor has it all together, and some of that is because the pastor has done a good job of giving a ministry face and not created any connections beyond uh, the, the, the Sunday morning or the midweek Bible study or whatnot. And so that brings some challenges to the, the reality of pastors as people. And, and so we just need to understand that. So I'm going to go through some of these statistics. The first really um, talks about how we're leading to burnout. And what I want to give also is some just some strategies that will hopefully help in that. And so uh, we're looking at this article uh, from, from Soul Care, and 75% uh, of pastors report being extremely stressed or highly stressed. Um, this is common. Now, some of the challenges is that there are, are pastors struggle with, with carrying the burdens of the congregation. And I want to encourage you, pastors, it was never yours to carry. I understand. I'm a pastor. Um, when I went into full-time ministry, I was doing music ministry at the time, and I was all excited because I think I'm just going to play music all day. And I had other functions as a pastor in a large church. Um, and what I found out was after two months, I was extremely exhausted. And I was realized that I'm carrying the burdens of people that I've been counseling and sharing life with and, and that are coming to me for help. Um, that I didn't realize how much that you that you carry those things. And pastors, if they don't have good strategies, I'm not saying you can just turn it off. Um, what I am saying is we have to figure out strategies in your prayer life to give them up to the Lord and trust the Lord for them. Easier said than done. 90% of pastors say they work 55 to 75 hours per week. I think it depends on the context. I will tell you this, most pastors struggle taking a day off. Most pastors feel like they have to have their cell phone with them all the time, right? And I do. 
And I, and I do that same thing. I get texts, I get messages all hours of the day and of the night, and I don't mind it. If someone calls at a certain time, I'll look to see who it is, and, and I know their needs or their stability a little bit better. And if they need to leave me a message, they will. I had one guy who, who called me and left me a message and said, oh, I was in the hospital last two days. I just wanted you to know. And I told him, you need to call me when you're in the hospital. <laughs> and so, uh, But again, these are just things that, that we are always on call. I would say that a pastor has a hard time turning off. It's not like we clock in and then we clock out. Um, and so when we look at a statistic like 55 to 75 hours a week, um, I wonder how much of that is is just, well, I'm available or am I actually at the church or going to visit or doing things in the community as a church representative? So those things, with that, that is tough because it, it becomes more consuming than we need to be. It's one of those things where I'm going to mention now that pastors need to find a hobby and church members, you need to encourage them in that hobby. You need to give them the time to do that and help them afford that hobby too because the reality is they need that. There's two reasons why they need it. Number one, um, you who work 40 hours a week or so, you take some time off and you go enjoy and you play. Um, pastors, if they don't do that, find themselves overworked, overstressed. The other thing that's interesting that I've discovered is pastors who get to retiring age, if they don't have a good hobby, um, struggle with retirement because their identity is wrapped up in being a pastor. And that's not a bad thing completely, but if you don't have some sort of thing that drives you outside of the ministry, and it could be ministry opportunities. I have a pastor friend who's getting close to retiring, and he wants to do, he, love, he loves constructions, loves to build houses and do remodels. And so he's looking at how can I turn that passion that he has into something that he does as a hobby, but still work in the ministry, but not the same as pastoral ministry. So again, look for those things. Um, I like to golf. I like to roast my own coffee, some other things like that. And so um, not that I can do those every day, but I have some interests that I would like to continue to develop as I grow older. And they give me great mental health breaks too. Like if I can go golfing in the morning, play nine holes before I come to the office, um, I, it just gives me a chance. It gives me the exercise because I like to walk it. And it gives me also that chance just to, to breathe for a little bit and, and to allow the Holy Spirit just to be with my thoughts a little bit more than maybe other circumstances. 90% feel fatigued and worn out every week. Now, there's a couple reasons for this. Uh, number one is, again, carrying those burdens of everybody and, and not being able to turn that off, being available all the time. That happens. I have seasons where I feel like I'm more tired than others because the ministry demands it. Uh, but at the same time, some of that is because we're unhealthy as pastors. We're not exercising. We're not eating right. Sometimes we don't have time to eat right. Sometimes we're we're, we're just grabbing something on the go, uh, and we're not doing enough self-steward, right? We're not stewarding ourselves very well. And so again, um, pastors, I want to encourage you, look at your diet, look at your exercise, and, and say it's, it's valuable to your congregation to spend some time at the gym. It's valuable to your congregation to eat correctly. Why? Because we want to run this race with endurance, and these bodies need that help with endurance. I know it's hard sometimes, and there's seasons that, that it's very difficult to do that, but I want to encourage you to do that. 70% say they are grossly underpaid. I would say this is true. 
Um, this is a challenge, right? Challenge in our church world to think that that pastor deserves to make as much as the people do in the world. Um, you know, there are pastors that that uh, are are serving large congregations or fairly large congregations, and and the the the, the idea of the of the church co- congregation doesn't think that doesn't value them enough. Um, and I know there's an element of ministry. We don't do it for the money. But at the same time, um, we also want our pastors to live, right? We want our pastors to not move to the next church that might be able to pay more. We want pastors to to actually be able to live, to host people at their house, to, to not be thinking or concerned about money. Not live lavishly, but not be thinking or concerned about money. Um, 40% uh, report a serious conflict with a church member at least once a month. Now, this is a little bit uh, frightening to me. <laughs> um, you know, a serious conflict with a church member at least once a month. I, I would, I would challenge those pastors who say that um, to really look at themselves a little bit and go, why are, why are you having so much conflict? And why are we not striving for peace? What are we holding on to as a pastor uh, that we have to be right about? We need to be right about Jesus Christ and the gospel and Christ for you. That's what we need to be right about. Some of these other things, I think at times, um, we can just we can deflect by just having charity and kindness and, and picking, really picking what hills you are going to die on. 78% were forced to resign from their church. 63% at least twice, most commonly because of church conflict. Wow, that is a staggering statistic. And I'm not really sure how I feel about it. <laughs> it's one of those things I'm still trying to process it. Now, I know, at least in, in, in a lot of denominations, is if there is conflict, that pastor can just say, I want to call the, the district president or the bishop, whoever that the, however they're set up, and say, I'm having conflict. It's not a good fit for me anymore. Could you put my name on the active roster? Or if you hear of anybody, um, I'm willing to take a call somewhere else. Um, but to actually have to be forced to resign um, uh, because of conflict, um, that's, that's, that's troublesome to me. Um, again, I don't want to put it all on the pastor, but at the same time, um, it's our job to make peace. It's our job to, to as much as it's possible, to be at peace with all people and to strive for that peace. Um, it's very, it's very um, anyway, one of those boggling things. 80%. Will not be in ministry ten years later, and only a fraction make it a lifelong career. Um, and I would I would uh, say that that is it's challenging. A ministry, if you look at the other things that we just talked about, the the always being on call, the conflicts with church people, the lack of of self stewardness uh, and and whatnot causes uh, the longevity to decrease. And what's interesting is this this statistic here says, on average, seminary-trained pastors last only five years. Now, hold on. This does not mean that seminary is unimportant. What this means is seminaries really need to look at those statistics and go, how do we create longevity? Longevity. What does that look like? 100% of Reformed and Evangelical pastors of those polled, 1,050 pastors polled, had a colleague who had left the ministry because of burnout, church conflict, or moral failure. And I would agree with that. 
I have had several pastors that I know um, that have left the church, left the ministry because of one of those reasons. And often it's moral failure. And let me let me tell you what my kind of my my take on that. I think pastors often um, are overwhelmed with the work and overwhelmed with the stress, and they are trying to figure out how to escape. And not that they intentionally do this, but the escape is moral failure, because that's how I get out of this ministry. That's a fina- that's a final thing that I can do instead of navigating the waters of okay, how do I self steward myself? How do I find tools that will help me? I mean, so I think unintentionally um, they find themselves weak and open to moral failing. And then 91% have experienced some form of burnout and 18% that they're say they're experiencing burnout right now. I would say we always need to be on guard of burnout. So again, burnout are one of those things that's sneaky, it comes up on you, you find yourself emotionally exhausted, right? One of the challenges with pastors is most of, of what we exude and what we experience is one way, right? People come to you, they want answers, they want to know, um, you know, how do you, how do I fix my kid? How do I deal with the job loss? How do I deal with my boss? How do I deal with the economy? How do I deal with our government? These things, and they're like, I need to understand these things. I, I can't make my house payment. And so it becomes where the, they unload, I call it spiritually vomit on the pastor. And they unload on that. So pastors find themselves emotionally exhausted. Again, you're carrying these these burdens. Um, the other thing, then it leads into depersonalization, where you're kind of distant from the person. But then also the danger of, of of severe depersonalization is looking in the mirror and go, I don't even know who I am anymore. I I know I should act this way. Um, I usually act this way. I usually have this energy. And I just don't have it right now. I I, I, don't, I look in the mirror and I don't know who I am anymore. Uh, and then the lastly, it leads to a, just a lack of personal accomplishment. You just feel like a failure all the time. And we look at positive mental health attributes and one of those is personal satisfaction. And if you're feeling like a failure all the time, you're not going to feel personally satisfied. So we need to look for those things that give us personal satisfaction. How has someone affirmed me this week? How has someone encouraged me? How has someone shown genuine care or gratitude? And and we need to look for those things. We need to be intentional about looking at those things because we can be overwhelmed with all these other things. So um, some other things in this article that it brings up is 70% of pastors say they have lower self-esteem now than they when they entered ministry. And this is true, right? You go in the ministry, I'm so excited to share Jesus with people. And then you share Jesus with people and they're too worried about um, how warm it was in the church that day or how cold it was in the church that day. Or they're too worried about the fact that someone sat in their seat. Or they're like, oh, these kids are too loud in church. And you're just like, oh, I'm a failure. Or people leave the church and you're preaching your heart out and you're doing Bible study and you find yourself um, what you would consider failing. You're not failing. What you're doing is relying upon yourself and not the Holy Spirit for that work. And we all fall into it. So I'm not, I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm preaching to myself too here, right? We know that this is part of it, but we do find ourselves over and over faced with the fact that we need to humble ourselves before the Lord. We are not the savior of this church. We get to bring the Savior and the means of grace to that th- this congregation. And we trust the Lord with great humility that he would use a fool like me to do his work in the church. 
70% constantly fight depression. This is very true. And, and again, this is something, as a, if you're listening to this as a church member, you need to understand this is a real thing. Again, carrying the burdens of the people. Again, we weren't meant to carry them, but we do. We need to realize that this is something that is hard for pastors to let go of. And they are still people who are in the flesh, and depression is common. Um, and I would say that the spiritual battle that pastors face cause a lot of that depression. There's an oppression that happens. There's a lack of, of, of success, at least as we look at it, because we don't see it sometimes. People are going through things. Marriages are, are having a hard time that you never thought would, and you just find yourself overwhelmed and easily depressed, and you kind of find yourself going through these motions. Um, and maybe you have a season in your life. I know I've struggled with that sometimes when certain seasons in my life um, happen, and I, and I can just find myself going, okay, um, I need to pause. I've been in a season like that for the last several months um, with some other issues some of you know about. And, and it's like, it's one of these things where I have to pause and go, wait a second. Um, I know that my, I call it my bandwidth of emotion and energy is just a little bit uh, attacked and lower right now because I'm, I'm giving my energy to something else that is, that is more important at this moment. So I need to know that, that, that uh, my expectations need to not be what they were if I was functioning normally. So I need to go, okay, how can I faithfully serve and feel that sense of accomplishment and look for those people and pour into their lives in an effective way um, that is not um, false expectations. And so it's a practical thing and it's a discipline that we as pastors need to do. 50% um, feel so discouraged that they would leave the ministry, but they can't find another job. Now this is disheartening too, and and I want it's it's hard for pastors. Um, it, you know, it's not a skill. Pastoring a church is not a skill that the employers in the world look for. They don't go, oh great, you've been a pastor for five six years. We need you on our team. They go, oh man, you haven't done anything for five or six years, right? And so that's a struggle. And so it's a feel for those pastors who are in that place where I like I wish I would go somewhere else, but I can't find another job. So now you're stuck in a place. So church members, give your pastor great joy by loving them well, caring about them as a person, and listen, just saying, man, I'm praying for you, I really care about you, how can I help you? What's something you like? How can I provide that for you? And, and, and pastors, don't be afraid to say, well, you know, I really like to golf, but I can't afford it right now, I don't feel like I have the time, or I really like X, you, you fill it in. And let, let the congregation enjoy the blessing of loving their pastor. 80% believe that pastoral ministry has negative, negatively affected their families. And 33% say that ministry is an outright hazard. I would concur with this. Um, and, and again, I'm guilty of this. Often pastors um, exalt ministry above their family. And there is a tension there, right? I mean, families that are in ministry, I have a loving, supportive wife who, who uh, throughout the years really did a good job raising our kids so that I could do ministry. Um, and, and, but we really need to be careful. And so church members, help your pastors have family time. Help your pastors have dates with their spouse. Help your pastors uh, have babysitting. Or, or, and don't put so much expectation on the pastor's kids. Man, it's hard being a pastor's kid. 80% of ministry spouses feel left out and unappreciated at their church. 
I would say this is very true. Spouses um, carry the burdens. I mean, uh, you can ask my wife, if you want to, uh, that there are days that I have come home during certain seasons in ministry and my attitude has been poor. I just haven't had the energy to to uh, psychologically or emotionally pour into her or the family. And so that's a distance that comes and, and she's had to bear the brunt of that. Fortunately, she's a prayer warrior and an extremely patient woman, and she does love me well. And so, but again, this is something that's not always true. And so I want to encourage you, um, especially as a pastor, um, figure out strategies. And if you want, you can reach out to me. I'll be happy to, to talk with you about strategies. Um, not There's not one strategy for each person. You got to figure it out for yourself as you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And even ask your spouse, hey, how can what can we do here that, that can help? Because I know that I'm not really investing in you when I come home because uh, on certain times. So um, 77% feel that they do not have a good marriage. This is guilt, by the way. Pastors feel guilty because they feel more married often to the ministry than to their spouse. And so again, one of these things, we have to go, okay, why do I feel this way? And spouses, you know, make sure you you, you affirm your, your your husband or your, your wife, whoever's in ministry, and say, I love you. I love what you're doing. I thank God for you, but I want to take care of you too. How can I serve you? And then and then serve one another. A great marriage is those who look at the, the needs of the other person above their own, and they're trying to outdo it all the time. So it's great. 41% display anger problems in marriage. This is very true. Why is there anger problems? Well, there's a couple reasons. First of all, pastors often are leaders. And sometimes if they come out of the management and they come into a volunteer circumstance um, and they get they get um, conflict upon directions that they want to go, that can frustrate them when people don't, don't obey is the wrong word, but don't uh, respond in a positive way to pastoral suggestions or whatnot. That can cause great anger and frustration for them. And so what we see here is that pastors bring that frustration home. Again, strategies, uh, asking your spouse, talking uh, maybe to a therapist or a counselor, or reaching out to someone like me and saying, hey, you know, I find myself being angry when I come home. What are some strategies? Uh, one pastor that I talked about said, talked with, he said, you know, I kind of look at it like kind of trying to land on on one of those cruisers that are in the ocean and they have to be exactly right when they land. Otherwise they have to come around and circle around again. He goes, sometimes he goes, I'll be coming home and I'll just, I realize I'm not lining up correctly to, to get in my driveway with the right attitude. So I'll just circle the block again and we'll try again. So things like that are really important. 38% are divorced or divorcing. Oh, this is what the enemy does. Wants to disrupt the pastor's work by causing such problems in the marriage, and it just deflates not only the pastor, but the church. And we and God hates divorce. This is so sad when we see this. 50% admit to using pornography, and 37 report inappropriate sexual behavior with someone in the church. I don't know what to say about that. I get, I get people struggling with pornography and you need to put guards on that and pray, but the inappropriate with someone in the church, I astounding. And then 65% feel their families in a glass house. Absolutely, everyone is watching you and your kids. And, and be careful as a pastor. 
just don't expect your kids to be perfect. And church members, don't expect your pastor's kids to be perfect. Um, they are investing a lot in the children of God. And so um, help them, though. They need help. Say, hey, do you mind if my if your kids sit with me during church? Do you mind if I hang out with them a little bit? So, so be careful there. 53% of pastors do not feel that seminary or Bible college prepared for them adequately. I have a couple things. First of all, seminary is good. That, that biblical knowledge is good. Now, are you going to use all of it with your congregation? Absolutely not, but it's good that you have it. And they need to know that you have it. Okay, so there's that. The second thing is, is that when you sit in the classroom, um, the practical aspects of ministry are very difficult to ascertain. And so usually you find, and I think that's where some of the five-year uh, the, the five longevity of seminary students that come out, that comes because they haven't had that practical application. It doesn't matter whether I know the Greek and Hebrew, this person in front of me wants to know how to quit sleeping around on their wife. And you don't know how to do that. This person in front of me wants to know um, why I can't believe that the Bible is true. And, and they argue with you about it and they struggle with it. And you're like, yeah, but this is what it says. This is what you need to do. And they don't do it. And so I think that, that there's some practical tools. Um, and many seminaries have them. Many denominations have them. And, and many resources online. Again, reach out to me. I can help you navigate some of these things. Reach out. Find a mentor pastor in your area or in your denomination. Say, hey, can I meet with you? I need to, I need to talk about these things um, that we're going through. 70% do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. This is challenging in the ministry. Um, because you have a hard time being a close friend and still being a pastor. I want you to know that you can do that, um, and you should look for it. One of the things of positive mental health is interpersonal relationship skills, and that's the ability to create and maintain good friendships. And so listen, pastors, you don't have to be this, this stuffy person. You don't have to be on guard all the time, but choose wisely. Ask the Lord to bring some people into your life. If they're from your church, that's great. If they're not, that's great too, that you can really be vulnerable with. You can say, I just don't like the people in my church right now, or I just don't like preaching right now, or I hate this about the church, whatever. Now, not that we do that. We Sometimes we feel frustrated. And it, I've rarely felt that I didn't like the people in my church. So I just want to clarify that. Um, but sometimes conflict causes that mind and the depression and the emotional exhaustion will do that to a pastor that it will jade um, and thwart how we view everything. So find a close friend, pray for a close friend, and, and be willing to open up to a close friend. Um, 50%. Do not meet regularly with an accountability person or a group. Now, accountability is tr tough. Um, but I think, again, like in my denomination, we meet uh, once a month as pastors in our circuit. We have nine pastors that get together. And we're able just to talk to one another what's going on. And there's accountability there. And I know that any of the guys, um, I could call them up and say, hey, I need help with this. But I have a mentor pastor also that I sought out. And so if I'm struggling with something or I just have a question about something, I don't want to misstep. And I, so I call him and say, hey, what about this? Well, how would you handle it? And I get great insight. And it blesses him too. Just want you to know that. 72% only study the Bible when preparing for sermons or lessons. This is just the, the, uh, the, well, it's the struggle being a pastor. 
you're, you're a content producer, right? Sermon writing, Bible study writing, devotional writing, whatever. And I want to encourage you, you can still glean a lot of that for your personal. And so you can, some strategies is to go, Lord, I, I just want you to speak to me through this. I know I'm preparing for other people, but show me something. Lord, re- reach in. And then I also encourage you, just take some time every day just to look at the word, you know, just for a few verses or whatnot, and just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. 21% spend less than 15 minutes a day in prayer. The average is only 39 minutes. Now, I have exception to a statistic like this, and let me tell you why. Paul tells us, 2 Thessalonians 5, I believe it is, to pray without ceasing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ. So I kind of really to develop a habit of constant conversation with the Lord. Um, I'm not talking to myself, I'm talking to the Lord, right? And so I, I think that, that now is, is pausing and having specific prayer time valuable? Absolutely. And I don't want to discourage that, but I also want to encourage that prayer time is to be all the time. And that's where we get the next statistic that several pastors are unsatisfied with their prayer life. Well, I mean, if you ask every Christian, Hey, how's your prayer life? Uh, not as good as it should be, right? Okay, so let, let's just say, well, let's foster that conversation with the Lord to pray without ceasing all the time. 44% of pastors do not take a regular day off. Hmm. Yeah, Sabbath day rest is difficult for pastors, right? Um, even if they guard it. Uh, there are going to things things that come up that happen. But I want to encourage you. It, it doesn't have to be a whole day off. It could be a couple half day offs here, a few hours a day I'm just going to spend. Again, that's where self-steward comes in. How am I stewarding the body that God has given me? Am I going to, am I going to exercise or am I taking walks? Um, am I doing some things that build up my physical strength? Am I taking care of myself? That can be part of that. It doesn't, um, if, if you need a full day off, obviously that's great. If you can get two days off in a row, that's a bonus. Um, but the reality is it's tough sometimes and that's okay. By the way, I love what I do as a pastor. And I know many of you do too. And so to be take a whole day off, it's like, oh man, I'm kind of missing out. But I'll tell you this, I've noticed that when I when I when I intentionally don't come to the office for a day, and I try to do that. Um, during the summer, even two days at a time, if I can, um, I find when I come back to the office, it, there's a more refreshing. It's not just oh, okay, here I go in the office again. It's like oh, I, I missed you. I haven't been here for a while. I haven't been at the church for a while. Welcome or hello, how are you? Right. And so that's a good thing. Forty-four or thirty-one percent don't exercise at all. Thirty-seven percent exercise at least three to four days a week as recommended. Well, that's great. That's a good statistic. Um, but the reality is. It's figure that out for yourself. It's good for you. It's good for your mental health pastors, by the way. And congregation members, help your pastors exercise. Maybe it's like, hey, I go walking every day. You want to come with me? You know, well, let's do that. Hey, you know, um, there's a gym membership, and I know it's expensive. Can, can, we, can I pay for it for you? I mean, come on, Planet Fitness is 10 bucks a month. Can you pay that for your pastor and encourage him and say, hey, I'll meet you there two days a week to walk on the treadmill or go on the bicycle or pump some iron, whatever you do, right? It's something that I would encourage you. 90% say they have not received adequate training to meet the demands of the ministry. I would say that's accurate. And the reason is that the demands of the ministry are different from day to day, from moment to moment, from season to season. They can't be taught right? It's one of those things that, that, that every circumstance and situation, that it, it, it just exceeds the classroom. 
It exceeds the, the, the manual. And so you got to go into it with, uh, you know, it's one, one pastor said, yeah, they didn't teach me in seminary how to unclog a, a toilet. Um, you, you know, because we find ourselves as pastor doing things that we didn't know how. People expect you to know how to do it. Hey, how do we fix this gutter? I don't know. You don't want me building anything for you. I'm terrible at that. And I don't mind admitting it. But I'll help you. Let's find somebody, right? Let's do that. I can hand you a, ha- uh, hand you a hammer. Um, and then 85% say they've never taken a sabbatical. Now, sabbatical is an interesting concept um, in the church. Some churches really support it. Others think it's not necessary. And some of it is because a lot of people have the idea that pastors don't work that much. Um, it's a lie. I have other words for it, but I'll keep those with my friends. But it's a lie. Pastors work hard. Um, but back to what I said earlier, but I love the work. I love preparing Bible studies. I love meeting with people and talking about the Lord. I love preaching the gospel. I love meeting with people. It's exhausting. Don't get me wrong, but I love it. And so let's encourage that. And then just one little last thing to wrap this up. 57% of pastors report being happy and fulfilled as pastors. 43% were not. Now, that statistic has gone up since COVID. As far as those who are not, we're looking at closer to 60% are not happy in the ministry um, because of the challenges that have happened because of COVID. Um, It's a direct attack, I think, upon God's people and his church. And so I want to encourage you a couple of things. You know, we have strategies that will help you be satisfied in the ministry, but we have to be able to look for them because people are actually loving you well. Not everyone is is frowning at what you say. Not everyone's looking at their watch saying, hey, when's this sermon over? Not everyone is questioning what you do. In fact, I would say the majority of your church is enjoying what you do and and love you and want you to be successful. And so we need to be careful that those moments in ministry, those few people, those few times of conflict, don't mar how you see the whole. And that's why it's important that if you need strategies, again, reach out to me. It's dr triplet pmh. So dr triplet pmh at gmail.com. You know, please reach out to me if you want to shoot me a text. I'm going to give you uh, my, well, you can find my cell phone. Just email me and I will give you my phone, right? And, and we'll be happy to talk about this. I want to see you do well as a pastor. Church members, if you have uh, want to figure out how to help your pastor, reach out to me. Because I want the churches to flourish. And there is an attack on the pastors and the leadership of churches. And, and we want to not let the enemy have a foothold. And so this is part of my work is to help our pastors be emotionally and mentally um, positive and flourishing in their ministry. And so please... Don't hesitate to reach out. Together, we can make churches flourish. God bless.